Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. scripture here and I'm, I'm, I'm entitling this sermon a place called home and there's a scripture here in numbers 15 2, it says speak to the Israelites and say to them after you enter the land I am giving you as a home you know I remember when we didn't have a home as a church where we didn't have a home. We started out in Wyong Public School. We planted the church in the middle of a housing commission area. And um, it came with all the color that housing commission areas have. And God trained us up in that place. But we're in this school and I'm, I'm telling you, We'd have to go in there, we'd have to pray two hours before we start the service just to get some spiritual atmosphere because the stuff that had gone on during the week around there. And then we'd be in church, we'd be trying to do church, and there'd be wild kids running over the tin roof, running over the tin roof, skateboards down the side. They'd be coming in and, and swearing, F and F and F and, and then running out. And uh, it was crazy. I remember one day there was just like a whole bunch of stuff, skateboards, everything going on outside. And Pastor Phil had to go out in the middle of his sermon. He said, I'll be back in a minute. And he forgot to turn his mic off. And he's like, and he's out there. And the whole church is just sitting there like this, you know. And you can hear him going, guys, just, can you just give us an hour? Just one hour. I know this is your turf and we're on your turf and you're trying to claim territory and it's all cool. But just give us one hour, you know, and it was almost like he was going to bribe them and everything. It was crazy. And then he'd come back in and start preaching again. And it, they were crazy, crazy times, and they were amazing times all in one. But it was like we were ministering to people who didn't have homes. They had no roots. They had no stability. They didn't trust. And we were saying to people, we were saying to these people, we are here we're trying to put roots down here. You can trust us. And they're going, no, you'll just be like every other person in our lives. You'll be here for a while. And as soon as you find out how tough we are and how you know, naughty we are, you're going to be gone. Just like every other person in our lives. And they'd say that to us. Because we weren't in a permanent dwelling. They thought that we were transient people. And that all, their, all their whole lives were transient. Their whole lives were transient. My nephew, who has had a transient life with my sister and her five children and always moved and, you know, just had a pretty, pretty tough upbringing. I remember when he was about eight years old, um, there was a tree at my mum's house in a pot plant. It was dying. And he looked at this tree. He said, that tree's dying. I said, hey, how about you and me? We go plant this at my house. And he came with me at eight years old and planted this, helped me plant this tree at my place. And he was literally nearly crying as he's putting the soil into this tree because he said, I've never had a home where I could plant a tree, ever. And I send him regularly every year because we've been in our house 26 years now. I send him a photo of that tree every year and say, your tree's still growing here, buddy. It's still, you've still got roots somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we went 
you know, from Wang High School, a uh, public school, we went into Wang High School. We thought, well, at least it'll be quieter and, you know, there won't be all this chaos and stuff going on around us. At least we can have church. I mean, we would just go in there again. We would have to spring clean spiritually and physically the whole place. We'd be in there hours before church started just trying to get the dust off the big floor and mopping. The floor was so filthy and the toilets were like, and it was just gross. And it was the spiritual atmosphere of that place was just like so bad. And we would pray and we'd fast and we, you know, we'd get in a home here and, you know, and then, you know, Pastor Phil, you know, he saw this land. He saw this 11 acres and it was crazy. We only had a few people and he's just crazy. And he comes and he goes, we need a home, Jules. We need a home. We need a home for our people. God deserves a home. Yeah? He deserves a home. We deserve a place where there is a continual spiritual atmosphere where people can come. God deserves that. The people deserve that. And the people need to see that we're not transient and we're not coming and going and we're not going to leave them. But we're here. Like as far as Phil and I are concerned, we're here till we're dead. And not, I won't die too soon either. You know, we're here, even if we're grandma, grandpa, which we already are. That's weird. But anyway, really old grandma, grandpa, sitting on the front row, cheering on the generations to come. We are here till we die. Amen. We're committed. And because, you know, God, this is our home. And, you know, so here we are, we're in the high school, and, and he, he, he sees this land. You saw the land even when we were in the public school. And he came over here, there was a lady, you know, just working on the land, and he walked up to this lady, and he said, is this your land? Do you own this land? And she goes, yeah, I own this land. He said, and he says, God's chosen you. And she goes, whoa, Okay. Well, God's chosen your land. You should be honored and privileged that God, the God of the whole universe has chosen your land. He wants to build a church here. And she said, tell me more about this. You know, and we started, Phil started to download to it what we want to do, what we want to do in the community. However, she was not a Christian woman. And she said, you know what? I, I want you to have this land. I want you to have it. And she said, I'm going to keep it for you until you've got the money. This land, 11 acres, was $230,000. Like, it was ridiculous amount of money for this amount of land in this particular area. And she said, and she held onto that land while we saved, while we scrimped, while we got money together, while we fought the council because we weren't going to buy the land without DA approval. She held onto it for us and praise the Lord. We purchased this land with a DA approval. And we were able to purchase it. It was amazing. And, and it was a home for God. It was a place for God. So we started prayer walking around the land. We started, we buried scriptures into the soil. We put oil around the edges. We danced. We sang. It was God's land. We, it was God's land. And God was going to come. And we were going to cleanse it and make it beautiful for the people. And we put so much prayer into it. And then, and then you know, eventually... We said, okay, we need to dedicate the land. We need to dedicate this land to God. And so we heard of a church down in Sydney that had this big marquee, and they had to get out of their marquee because they were transient. They were in a marquee, and then someone who owned the land came along and said, I don't want your marquee here anymore. They had to move into a school hall. 
you know. And so they said, okay, we're getting rid of this tent. I think it was about two and a half thousand for the whole huge tent, the stage, everything. We're just getting rid of it. We said, we're going to get that tent and we're going to do a dedication land day on the church land. And we did this dedication land day, put this huge, it was a 350-seater marquee. And we put it up. Everybody goes, why don't we just stay? This is so much better than a dingy, dark, dusty school hall. We say you have to use portaloos. It's going to be cold. It's going to be hot. It's going to be crazy. And we had we had the other little tent for kids' church. Said, let's do it. Let's just do it. And we all agreed as church we were going to move here. And it was like we put our roots down here. We we came. We put our roots down. But we we're transient. We we're in a tent. It was amazing. But still, people would come, and they would come, and we would hear the stories of people who would actually just walk onto the property and begin to cry, just begin to weep. I don't know what it is about this place, but I just, there's something here. This is a place that's set aside for God in the midst of an unusual society, a difficult place. In the midst of that, there was a place that was set up, a place that was set up for God. So beautiful, so incredible, just a miracle. And we would hear people time and time again, the same words would come out of their mouth. I I feel like I'm home. I feel like I've come home. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we heard from Chloe. Is Chloe here? Come here, Chloe, run on down. Say hello to people. Run, girl. You, you, you're young. You can do it. Oh, no, she's got clodoppers on. That's my grandfather. What do you want to wear clodoppers for if you were born with funny feet? So you put them on. You know, we heard from Chloe a couple of weeks ago. Chloe's been saved three weeks, four weeks now. Yeah, four weeks. Yeah, four weeks. And we heard from Chloe. Now, Chloe is an incredible story, this little girl, big girl. But she's a little girl. She's a little girl to me. She's 19. But this, this girl, since the time she was born, has been in foster homes. And she's been in 25 foster homes in her life and now has moved into another home to live by herself because families just don't want her anymore. And she walked into this church and gave her heart to the Lord on a Friday night at youth. Thank you, Garth and Jamie and the youth ministry then came on Sunday again and gave a heart to the Lord again on Sunday. But I wanted to, this is, this is what she said when she walked through. I said, what, did it, what was it like for you when you walked through that? And what did you say? It was home. Yeah. She found home. She'd finally found a home. Amen. Psalm 84, 3 to 4 says this, Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Selah. Think about that for a minute. You know, there was, it wasn't just that we wanted a home, a place that was not transient, But in our heart of hearts, we wanted a home where heaven and earth meet. We didn't want to just build a religious building, or we didn't want to just come and have a religious place. 
but we wanted somewhere where there was connection between heaven and earth, where there was a place where the hand of God would reach down and the hand of mankind would reach up and we would get those hands and we would connect them together. And we would connect Father God with his children, where people would feel, as this scripture says here in Genesis 28, 16 to 7, it says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And over the last 17 years, that gate has been kept open. It's been kept open between heaven and earth by prayer, by faithfulness, by giving, by loving, by turning up. It's been kept open. And because that gate is open between heaven and earth, the angels of God can ascend and descend upon this place. The presence of God can come any time that He wants to bring it. He can come and He meets the needs of the people. He saves the lost. He heals the sick. He touches those with leprosy. He's the one that reaches into hearts like Chloe's. It's not something that we just do. It's, it's God. And it's because there's a gate open that when someone like Chloe walks in the door, she walks into a place where suddenly she is no longer a mere human being, but she has been connected with a supernatural God. And it's a place where heaven and earth meet. And something happens when heaven and earth meet. We're building a house here, not just as an institution, a religious institution, not just as a place where people can just come on Sunday and just, you know, meet. We're building a place where people can meet God. A place, a home, a home Amen. where heaven and earth meet. Amen. A home where people, heaven and earth meet. We're building a home also for the presence of God. This is a home for the presence of God. In 2 Samuel 7, 1 to 2, this is King David. And after the king was settled in his palace, the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him. He said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a palace of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. See, the presence of God, the ark of the covenant was kept in a tent, a tabernacle, a tent. And they would, they would, everywhere that the people went, it would travel with them. It was, it was transient. It was moving all the time. The presence of God was in this, 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 this ark of the covenant. And the people would carry it around with them. And David's looking at you saying, here I am in my palace that God has built for me. But he, his presence is in a tent. The presence of God. And we know this. We know in the New Testament that when Jesus hung on the cross, that the temple curtain was rent in two and the presence of God came out to be with men and women again. You see, the presence of God, it needs to live somewhere. It needs to live somewhere. You can find the omnipresence of God. Omnipresence means presence everywhere all the time, like present everywhere all the time. And, you know, you can have a guy 
crying over his beer in a pub and the omnipresence of God will be there. But there's something about the manifest presence of God. When his people gather together to worship him, you know, when, when Lisa tonight was singing that song, Lisa, that was so anointed tonight. I don't know, it's beautiful. Let heaven come, let heaven come. And she's singing that. And I mean, that was the, the manifest presence of God. That's why you were crying. That's why you were crying. Because we made a place for God to come in his presence. And see, there we were, we were, we were in a tent. And, and Pastor Phil and I, we, we'd walk on the land and we had the plans of the building. We didn't have enough money to move. And it was crazy. It was just crazy. It would be freezing in winter. You know, we would just, we'd get these big blow heaters. You know, those big ones there. It's like the back of a jet plane. And they're just so noisy. And they just fill the air with this toxic gas. Honestly, we'd try, and then we'd open up all the sides of the tent and try and air it out. And then all the cold air would come back in. And we're trying to preach. And we'd go, it's nice. <laughs> it, was it was crazy. And it was so cold in winter. It was freezing. And people would come, people would come to church with blankets and slippers. And uh, Gail did. And we, we would just sit there and we'd wrap blankets around three of us to keep warm. We'd be there. We're here, Pastor Phil. We're here. We're, we're freezing to death. But we're here, you know, in the presence of God. We would warm us up because the presence of God was still in the tent. And then it would be hot. Okay. Then it's hot. Oh, my gosh. Now it's hot. We would just drop all the sides of the tent and we'd just have church under a roof. And we're all sweating. We've all got fans. We bought fans. We actually bought fans. And then everyone would get their newsletter and like do that. And they'd just with the newsletters. We just only printed the newsletters so they could make fans with them. And they sitting there. It was so hot. It was so hot. It was ridiculous. Then you had to go use these portaloos and that was gross. You just held on. You just, like, I'm not going in there unless I'm busting on waiting until I get home. And, um, you know, and all that, that that went with it, everything that went with it. And then, then there's big hailstorms and big hailstorms and the hailstones came and they just boop, 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 all over the roof. And now we've got little holes all over the roof, little hailstone holes everywhere. So now, Pastor Phil's preaching, it's raining, we're running up, we're putting glad bags over the piano, over the drum kit. Jilly's playing with her hands under a glad bag and the rain's coming down and she's saying, please don't electrocute me, please. We're singing on microphones and the chords are in the water and we're going, God, this is crazy. And then we look up the back and there's ladies with umbrellas up in the church while he's preaching. He's going, we're listening to us, but we're getting wet. And now, and so then it would get, like that seat would get wet, so everybody would slide over <laughs> and sit here where it wasn't wet. And then we'd all slide back and it dried off. It was crazy. I mean, but the presence of God was in a tent. <laughs> oh, boy. 
the horses would walk in and they'd stick their heads in and they'd... <laughs> it was crazy and the ducks and everybody and the rats, the rats, don't talk about the rats, there was rats and that, oh, oh. And then we got flooded and then there was a huge flood that came and went right through the property and then all you could see from the aerial shot was the roof of this tent and they put it in the newspaper, circus tent goes under and everybody's ringing up, it's our church, it's not a circus, you know, <laughs> we're going to sue, you know, it's our church church and uh it's crazy and the flood waters went through and we went in there and there's everything's trashed and we had to throw everything away and uh we're in there mud up to here and we've got masks on from the pollution that's gone through oh it's just gross cleaned all that up got it oh. <laughs> i love god and then there came this big wind and the wind, and the wind is going to take the tent to the entrance. And it's just blowing a gale. And there's three guys trying to hold a 350-seater marquee down. Like, they had a big circus tent pole in the middle. Like, this was massive. And I don't know how, I don't know how my husband didn't get killed that day. And, and Nathan and Frank, I don't know how they didn't get killed that day. Grace of God. But anyway, the whirlybirds went to the entrance off the top of the thing. And we're just going, this is crazy. God, we've got to have a home. We need a home, God. And we didn't really have enough money and we didn't really have enough finances coming in. But Phil says, we're going to do it. We're crossing the river. We're going. We're going into the promised land. He's a... Did you see him dancing tonight? It's the funniest dance I've ever seen. Especially when you see it from the back, like... We're going in. Yeah. And um, that was Rocky. Yeah, it's Rocky. Rocky. We're going in. Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my sermon, by the way. I don't know why I wrote all those notes. Anyway. The eye of the tiger. The eye of tigers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... God was gracious, God was amazing, and we, we managed to get alone to get in here. Um, and so, great, we've got a loan, and that's fantastic, and they've approved the loan, and we start building, and then the GFC hits, boof, and the GFC hits, and the bank rings us up, oh, you know how we said we were going to lend you zit, zit, zit. Well, we can't lend you zit, zit, zit anymore, we can only lend you la, 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 and it's like, but la, 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 it doesn't finish the building. Well, that's all we're going to give you. That's it. But, but, but our people haven't got a home. Well, that's all we're going to give you. The GFC is hit. We can't borrow that much money anymore. Uh, you're just going to have to do it. We already had all the builders working. We had everyone working. And we said, how are we going to pay these wages? God, my... So we went on this journey of just, God, we know you're our provider. We know that you can do this. We had our vision, vision builders and people were pledging and we're doing everything we can. God, it was just so amazing. I don't know how many times we got rung up and said, you know, you, it's not going to happen. It's not. Please desist. It's not going to happen. Yes, it is going to happen. And I, and I remember the day we just had a shell. We just had a shell. I don't think we can even afford to paint it properly. We just had a shell. And Phil said, we're crossing over. 
And it's like, it's not even painted properly yet. We've got to get, God's told me, we've got to get out now. And so we all had a big meeting over there in the tent. We just la, 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 and we prayed and we dedicated the building to God. And then we all went from there and it was like we were crossing into the promised land. <laughs> and we danced, we like, we danced. We came up to the door, we cut the big ribbon on the door and we came into the shell. And it was like, we're home, yay, we're home. It's so awesome, we're home, it's fantastic. And in we came and we were here and we got into our building. We were in the building. Let me tell you this, two weeks later, a huge wind came and ripped the whole marquee right up the guts, irreparably, the whole lot, bush, straight up, gone. But we had a home because God had provided us with a home. We, We got in here just in time, just in the nick of time. We got in here. And you know, the amazing thing is, this, 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 this Maori church was trying to start a church, and they said, oh, what have you done with your tent? It's like, it's ripped, mate. It's ripped right up the guts. He says, it doesn't matter. We, we'll take it. We'll get it fixed. We got in touch with the tent guy. He fixed it for them. They're doing church in it now. Like, God's amazing until it rips up the guts for them until they get it. But how amazing is it? Do you know what I mean? This is the journey. How amazing is it? to have a permanent place. 2 Samuel says this, 7.10, I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own. A home of their own and no longer be disturbed. A permanent home for God. A permanent home for people. People need roots. We need roots. We need to put our roots down. This is a place where we can write the stories of the generations on the walls. You know, I'm Aboriginal and we would, you know, my people would write the stories on the cave walls. Well, we can write the stories of our generations here because it's staying. And it's going to be here from generation to generation to generation. This place is going to be here. This is a home. This is a home for the future generations. Listen to this scripture here. 2 Samuel 7, 11 to 12. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, oh, that's when we go home, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you and who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. It's going to be here for the generations to come. You know, when I see those pictures of kids' church and I see the kids, you know, in praising God and talking about Jesus and learning stories about Jesus, I just get so excited. I just think, yes, Lord, the dream lives on. It was so worth it. It was so worth the journey. Amen. You know, we built this place. Now we just got to pay for it. <laughs> And we have crossed over. This is the promised land. We've paid off 145,000 already off the principle of this loan. Yeah. God is so gracious to us. And we've come into a good place now. We're, we're coming to a place of the land flowing with milk and honey where we can afford to go and buy paint and paint the walls any color I want. And yes, you boys, teasing me. 
we're in a place where we can actually, we're buying a television, a flat screen television for the kids next week to go in that room so they can do their praise and worship and watch videos while they're doing it. It's going to be awesome. We're in a place of promise. We're in the promised land. The car park is, anybody notice the toilet block is moved? Praise God, I wanted that moved years ago. Anyway, it's really bad for my aesthetic view, aesthetic view out there, you know, like my creative. And just get rid of that stable next and just give me some nice trees. Like, come on. Anyway, the, the car park is being established. The driveway's going in. We've got power to the front gate now so we can get electronic gates. And oh, I love that. And we're getting one of those big men that go like that a big noise. I've always wanted one of those because I think they go, hallelujah, hallelujah. I think they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're praising the Lord all over the car yards. You know, they might as well praise the Lord at church. <laughs> We're building this place. This is a home for people, a refuge. This is a refuge. Do you know, one day this guy came I was in the office and a guy came in and he was like, hey. I said, oh, you okay? Yeah, I am. Do you mind if I just sit out in the grass? Can I just lay out in your grass for a while? I said, sure, buddy, what's going on? He says, I hear voices in my head 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're screaming at me, these voices. He said, but the other day, I just came to have a look at this place and when I stepped inside the gate, they stopped. When I stepped outside the gate, they started. I figured, I think it's good to be in this place. So do you mind here if I come here sometimes and just lay on the grass so the voices will stop for a while so I can get some peace? And I said, John, I can give you more than grass. I can give you the maker of the grass. I can give you the giver of peace. I can give you the prince of peace. This is what this is about. So as we get, we're coming up to Vision Builders next week, we're gonna make our pledges. I mean, a part of Vision Builders is the facilities and a part of Vision Builders is beyond and everything we do outside the four walls. Part is the four walls, part of it beyond the four walls. And we put all that in one big kitty and then we just divvy it up wherever we can and make it work for the glory of God. Do you know, as we all do our part, as we all next week and during the week consider what we're going to give next week, as we do our part, we can say, I'm building a house for the Chloe's of the world to come in and find a home. I'm building a house for the crazy guys that have got voices in their heads for a place of peace to come to. I'm building a house for the future generations to come and worship God and to love God. I'm building a house for the presence of God to dwell and for God to connect with His people, a place between heaven and earth. We together are building something. And you know, I've mentioned that this is a home for God. This is a home for people. This is a home for the presence of God. This is a home for the future generations. But more importantly than anything else, you need to get it into your head tonight. This is your home. This is your home. This isn't the home of Pastor Phil and Julie and you come visit. We don't own this place. This is not ours. This is ours. This is a house we built for God together. The seat you're sitting on, you own it. 
the floor that you've got your feet on, you own it. When you do a wee in the toilet, it's your toilet. Clean it. <laughs> Just thought I'd put that one in for the boys. God is amazing. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.